Hello, and welcome to Songwriters Spotlight, the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative Series. I'm Dr. Dan, your host of the show, where we feature Western Mass songwriters who perform their original songs and talk about the art of songwriting. Stay tuned to explore more about music and the tunesmithing that creates it. The songwriter we spotlight in this episode is Glenn Pettit, whose songs are supported by jazzy stylings and superb musicianship. Have a listen to his set of diverse music, followed by a number of insights into his songwriting. Stay tuned for Glenn Pettit. Hi, I'm Glenn Pettit, and this is a song called Midlife Gypsy Day. It goes like this. The brown sound, late summers, lapping at my feet, singing, kiss me by my water, walking down your street. That salty cauldron's full of spirits that we cast adrift. So kiss me like we're dying. Kiss me so we'll live. A midlife gypsy day. Curse constructed from a thousand waves. Each one's a picture. Each one's a different shade. But I'll know you're from your voice A certain something you might say You're everyone I ever known But you know where that I've been Stolen glances, so vicarious Turn a dangerous eye She's a looker, she's probably married and only make you cry and when the real things off limits and always out of reach you call me from the ether and march me out to sea a midlife gypsy day wind the water everybody goes away and everything's a replay everything starts to fade but i'll know you from your voice a certain something that you've said even though you know you know one i ever met Gypsy day, wind the water, everybody goes away, and everything's a replay. Everything starts to fade, but I know you're from your voice. Certain something that you've said, even though you know, you know one I ever met. Imaginary sense of stimulators working overtime 
flushing out the back door encounters and other perfect crimes. The Hudson School's on vacation, painting up the sound, imagining your profile, They're trying to track you down. A midlife gypsy day, make a wish a hundred miles away, pulling daisy petals, made a who's to say, but I know you're from your voice, a certain something you might say, even though you know, you know one I ever met. Time back, a, f a friend of mine made me some business cards. I, f I forget whether it was for Christmas or my birthday. It's a Glenn Pettit, Egyptian reggae, Delta punk finger picker. And I think this is uh, where he got um, the uh, Egyptian reggae from. This is a tune named after a falafel joint in uh, New Haven, uh, where I used to spend copious amounts of time in the in the 70s and 80s it's called my moon tune it's like this about the way the lights are shifting in the backdrop and the rain is looking like the peeling photo edges of a, a dream and the traffic lights are blinking like a pinball machine and chapel streets melting on a tonic engine the orange vapor spotlights are shining on the secrets of the moment Imaginary players are dancing on the crosswalk of the stage. And the red copper tabletops and pinball machines. And Brother John's wondering like a wounded saint. And it feels so funny when you play a voyeur to your own emotions. And the little voice inside you cries, now here we go again.
so I make my way to dairy, pushing through the underbrush and sacred pine mist. There's something in the silence, talking about the way it used to be. My citadel's rising from the top of a hill, like a still life gallery in the vision of God. Fine-tuned senses painting pictures with her image in a clearing. In a time machine of recall, I smoke the apple ozone of the breeze. At the store, I talk about my times and my dreams. And the girl behind the counter gives me coffee for free. And it feels so funny when you play a voyeur to your own emotions. And the little voice inside you cries, now here we go again. in the Boston area for uh, 25, 26 years, and um, this came out of the uh, the late 90s, and my uh, Somerville days, it's just called the lunch date. of Boston smelling like Vermont. I kissed that crazy hoe in the changing of the guard. Something I can't put my finger on. So we shoot the breeze and do the lunch somewhere in Central Square and try and find some common ground again. Your new band died when the drummer came on way too strong It's a shame the jerks don't go out of style Clubs and swarmy hustlers. 
Why we let these people get through us? Yes, sometimes we're such kids Mixing politics and sex Gotta have an answer to every human mystery Like who we are Is it between our legs or in our heads? Why can't we admit sometimes we just don't know? But then again, we're just the same. We laugh and then digress. No one can ever tell us who we are. So we say goodbye the next time. Whenever that'll be. You're still the queen of crunch. I'm still a punk. This is something I put together uh, in 2018 while I was still living outside of Nashville. Um, it's called The Hand That Once Fed It. The Lost Cause Awakened Coal mines and monuments Damocly sword Is poised like a compass And the future it screams But the hours they're crawling At this rest stop Before the sky starts falling shocked at the hell that was waiting and the demon they conjured ain't saying what's been scripted into the hand that once fed it the hand that once fed it The plans they were laid back in the 60s. Party of Lincoln, new Southern strategy. So they gathered their masses with red meat and commons from G. Gordon Liddy through Minions and Neocons 
But the new state of the nation Ain't nothing new It's just a crop rotation For the illiterate and crude But the crop that they got Tastes like what was planted It's putting a thorn into the hand that once fed it The hand that once fed it Nostalgia for the hand that once fed it 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 It's dedicated to my wonderful partner, Del, and uh, this is also written during my uh, two years in the Metro Nashville area. It's a thing called The Giving Tree. Giving trees a salty beach or sweet and fragrant like a Georgia peach. She called my name on an empty day and off we went flying away. She saw the ground on my shifting sand. Then she's a river to the promised land. The giving tree shows her branch offering fruit from a steady hand so i give thanks and i sing praise when she
song from long ago. Nights when nights are too long. Ask me if I'd like some wine or a place to buy my time. And when I'm, she guides me in, saying, Oh, baby, it ain't no sin. Giving tree, she's the face of the perfect time. It's something that I really, in order to do it right, I need to sit down for it, and I need my glasses. Otherwise, in doing it, I might uh, smack myself in the face, and we'd have a, a true Three Stooges moment, which is okay, but uh, maybe some other time. This is called Redemption.
This is a song called Another Chance. Um, I don't think I really have to explain what it's about. I think it's pretty self-explanatory as it gets into the song. Hope you all like it. Thank you for listening. My name is Glenn Pettit. Another year has come and gone Another brand new Thank my lucky stars, my blessings and circumstance, and look forward to my days with you, and give thanks for another chance. All the people I use. amends where I can and take stock of what I cannot change and give thanks for another chance backward glance I thank you all for my better self and give thanks for another chance and I look forward to my days with you and ask you would you like to dance that that was you know not only lyrics and singing but a, a huge dollop of guitar that's just uh right in my day for sure well i i really do appreciate that the the guitar tends to catch everybody's attention more than the uh than the lyrics do though it's it's interesting i always consider myself a writer first and then a guitar player you know which can get a little bit frustrating but you know, whatever, whatever does it, does it. Well, you did. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'll confirm that. Mm -hmm. So uh, when did you start out on this uh, songwriting trail? Uh, 
this songwriting thing probably started as far back as, uh, well, the first attempts would have been in the, in, in the sixth grade, inspired by my friend Jamie, Jamie G's uh, very first attempt at a band in the, in the sixth grade. And um, they used to commandeer the, the auditorium and the microphones and everything else and, ooh, shiny electric guitars. and. Girls were hanging out next to them, and uh, it was a for me it was a it was a social ticket. Mm -hmm. I'll you know think a hard day's night or whatever, and um, but nobody was writing songs at that point, and I thought, well, what could I do because I don't play guitar yet, but I was cluing into songwriting. I I was already writing since the third grade. Uh, short stories in book form. So, well, I'll start writing songs. Of course, my buddy said, uh, how can you write songs if you don't play guitar yet? But that didn't stop me. So uh, <laughs> I think there are actually one or two songs from that time period that, are, that, are actu that actually still exist. And I might do them up just for, um, for kitsch purposes at, at some point, but... <laughs> Probably since, short answer, since about the sixth grade or so. Wow, so uh, yeah, not many people start writing short stories in any earnest by the third grade. That's, uh, you, the writing has got you. Well, I figured at that, at that time, if, you know, and I'm thinking back many years, 1960, you know, um, I, I think it was probably a way to get people older than me to take me to you know to take me seriously mm -hmm. in a way that um, they wouldn't have taken other kids seriously. If I had to psychoanalyze <laughs> my processes at that time, I, I, I think that's about the closest that I could come up with. Of course, this is very subjective, so yeah. So who were the performers, the songwriters, and so on, who inspired you to, to write what you do and how you do it? Initially, uh, all of those, those classic songwriters that, that people have mentioned in interviews, Ad Infinitum, The Beatles, Dylan, Paul Simon, all of them go without saying. But in more contemporary times, I would have to point to uh, Bruce Coburn and Lou Reed mm -hmm. and um, people like Andy Partridge and Robin Hitchcock. In the last decade and a half, I've really enjoyed uh, picking up what I can from uh, Oren Blodo and uh, Jennifer Charles mm -hmm. of the Brooklyn-based band Elysian Fields. And stuff coming out of that whole um, knitting factory tonic scene. So also I was, I've done a lot of uh, spoken word stuff and, and poetry readings and hung out with the first generation of uh, Boston slam poets. So obviously they had some effective one one sort or another mm -hmm. in terms of sensibility. Mm. 
I guess, I guess those are the ones that, that, that come immediately to mind. Mm -hmm. So the songs themselves, why do, why do you write them? Um, that's a tough question uh, because I feel compelled to do it for whatever reason. Um, the, the hand that once fed it, well, let's take that as an example. Uh, that was the Metro Nashville area. That's 2017-2018. It's right before the midterm elections. And I've always had to throw my two cents in with regard to political or social commentary. So, so there you go. Um, The very last song, what was that called? Um, Another Chance. Uh, it was it was me looking at making to want wanting to make a statement to uh, people that I've known a long time, recognizing my own uh, faults and, and frailties and, and and owning up to them. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, social commentary, you know, personal yeah, I don't, issues. I don't, have, I don't have favorite topics or anything like that. It's, uh -huh. it's whatever way is, the wind is blowing hardest. So uh, you sit down with your guitar and say, well, here comes a song? Or? Well, I, I've read about... The, there's no method to the madness, really. I, uh, I've read other people's accounts of, uh, of their methodologies. Bruce Coburn, who I greatly admire, always does the words first and, and fits the music around it. Again, for me, there's no method to the madness. Oftentimes, I'll get a, a riff or a progression, and I'm trying to figure out what is this thing trying to, what is this thing trying to say to me? You know, it's sort of audio onomatopoeia. <laughs> what, what is this thing, what mood is this thing suggesting to me? And that happens oftentimes, but there, there's also uh, rhythmic or, or poetic phrases that the the meter or the rhythm of it comes out and uh, and says, "Fix a riff around this." Mm -hmm. So I I have no method to my madness. Okay. Well. Um, Ma Mountain. Uh, Ma Mountain? There we go. Ma Mountain. So how did that one come out? Um, I used to hang out in New Haven a lot in the 70s and, and the 80s. I had friends at, at Yale. Ma Moons is a falafel place on Howe Street, and I hung out there a lot. And so the imagery is just uh, New Haven street imagery. And going back, and uh, and I, th well, it was written in 1989, so obviously it was past my uh, college heyday in said city. So it it was just I, I don't know. It was probably uh, I was probably between New York and Boston, and and stopped there to eat and and reflecting on on past times there. Mm -hmm. And then the guitar. Oh, the guitar stuff. Well, yeah. Well, you know, oh, 
well, the guitar stuff, that's, that's another story entirely. I mean, um, a lot of that stuff is uh, obviously Bruce Coburn inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, initially, I spent a couple of years really fixated on, on learning uh, old blues and ragtime and all the history behind it. Mm-hmm. So those would be my roots, so to speak, and I still go back there every now and again. So the, all, all the guitar stuff initially sprang from that and then uh, veered off into more eclectic directions. The, the, the Coburn influence and, and the various uh, jazz chords and, and Eastern music influences and, and all of that stuff. Um, but that those riffs in between, I, I forget where where <laughs> I, I picked that up from. It's, well, you, you picked just, them up. Yeah. A lot of them, a, a lot of that stuff, I just stumble upon. Uh-huh. Again, it's the audio onomatopoeia thing that uh-huh. uh, stumbling on a riff or a groove, and it's it suggests something, and and something gets written. Something gets written around it. Okay. Yeah, I had a notion that was sort of how that happened, but the memory's not real vivid for you these days. So interesting. It's a very distinctive uh, song and mix of guitar and, and vocal. No question about that. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the, most people pick up on the, on the well, I would say most people, but uh, many people picked up on the, uh, on the Bruce Coburn suggestion, and mm-hmm. and they're, they're they're right about that, you know. So there yeah. you go. Okay. So um, so you say your your music is Egyptian reggae, Delta punk, finger picker. Ah, yeah, I, th- I believe that was uh, Roger Manning, the um, my friend from the anti folk scene in New York, who coined that. I, I think when he heard my moon tune, he, he came up with that, and I said, "Okay, that sounds good to me." You yeah. Because uh, genre-wise, I I um, I can't come up with an all-encompassing genre. You know, I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm my own white album as much as I could technically manage to be. I like genre skipping and. Uh, there's there's some jazz, there's some punk, there's this, there's that, there's the other. Mm-hmm. So, Roger came up with that, and I said, okay, that sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. So by white album, you mean the way they mixed up the, the different styles? Yeah, the white album. Yeah. Well, the white album is basically the three the three main songwriters. Uh, solo project, acting as a collective, but you know, essentially it's the three main songwriters and it's, it's a wide range of various genres. Mm-hmm. It also, it's also reflective, if you go back in history and listen to the heyday of um, FM rock radio in the late 1960s, some of those classic stations in Boston and New York were, were really genre 
ranging. I mean, you would hear Coltrane one minute and, and you would hear Frank Zappa the next and, and a Beatles thing the next and, and um, I don't know, some, some Appalachian folk music the, the next. And I've always listened to music that way. I've always enjoyed listening to music that way. So, and the, and the White Album was kind of reflective of that. So, yeah, I like to say I, I am my own White Album as much as I could technically manage to be. Right. Hmm. Okay, that's an interesting concept. Um, you're, even, though, even though my roots are, are country blues and ragtime, and right. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go back and visit that every now and again. It's, it's mm -hmm. like going home to your family. Hmm. You know, you move away from your family, but you go back on certain weekends and holidays. And, and when I go back, <laughs> I'm playing Reverend Gary Davis and Blind Blake and, and Scott Joplin on the guitar. Oh, cool. So, um, so other songwriters uh, listening to you perform and, and talk about songwriting, uh, what suggestions do you have for them? Um, get outside your comfort zone in terms of genres. Go and listen to many different songwriters in many different genres. Go out to uh, poetry and spoken word events, slam events. Read the damn newspaper. Yeah. And, um, and travel. So the, the poetry, um, what does that add to your, to a, any songwriter's uh, skills or abilities? A love of words, a love of um, also uh, wrapping your head around different meters and different rhythms, mm -hmm. phraseology. Um, you know, most people these days, especially with the, the advent of, of rap and hip-hop, are really fixated on rhyming, which is important, but I've never, I've never put uh, the, the, ulti the ultimate importance on, on rhyming. I'm, I'm more about... Uh, just the the syllabic uh, if things fit syllabically you could you could make for a compelling music statement as you know it doesn't necessarily have to rhyme as long as it fits as, as long as it syllabically jives mm -hmm. I think that was the the lesson that I've taken away from um, hanging out with slam with slam poets. Mm -hmm. So interesting. And then travel. How has travel contributed to your work? Well, travel just gets the the juices flowing, and yeah. and the uh, uh, it stimulates observation. Mm. I mean, that's pretty common sense. I would I would think, but. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think that's all that different from a lot of other songwriters. They, yeah, a lot of songwriters really emphasize uh, travel mm -hmm. as, a, as a stimulus of 
of sorts. Okay. And I thank you for your interest and time. I thank the audience out there for uh, watching this. Yes, and thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay. Mm -hmm.